Da, 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 da. We are broadcasting from the furthest reaches of space. Welcome to Trivia Escape Pod. I'm your host, Julia. And I am Ross. It's January 7th, 2020, and we are searching for a hospitable planet. But in the meantime, we've got trivia questions today about amusement parks, electronic music, sweeteners, the Torah, and board games, as well as a movie smash round. We're going to be asking these questions in four rounds of trivia to test knowledge and occasionally creative thinking. You are now engaged to the Trivia Escape Pod! Amazing. So this week's intro was Trivia Escape Pod by Rising Todd. And you can catch Todd on Instagram at Rising Todd, all one word. And we will play the full song at the break, which I'm very excited to hear the full thing. I actually thing. think that might have been the full song. Well, we'll play it again at yes, the break. Yes, we will. We'll Todd. play it again and again on a loop for all I care because I liked it. Todd, um, thank you for sending that. It is <laughs> awesome. I love that one. We are still on the lookout for any permanent theme song, though. So if anybody else has a song out there they want to submit to us, send it to us and we will more than likely play it. Happy New Year, Julia. The last time we were... Uh, out of our stasis beds, it was still 2019. Now we're seven days into 2020. And I notice you are looking very tired as though you did not get a lot of sleep in the stasis bed. You know what? I, I realized why we slept so poorly in our stasis beds. Engineer Rachel short-sheeted mine. Did she short-sheet yours? Yes. Yeah. So like I spent pretty much six days of fitful stasis sleep unable to extend my legs. Because when you short sheet a stasis bed, you can't resheet it. Nope. It's just stuck like that. I'm long enough as it is. I know, right? <laughs> we're Well, normally we're both over six feet, but this week I'm like 5'3 because my legs after six days of being curled in that position have yet to uncurl. <laughs> yeah, I was just pretty much in a ball. But yeah, Ross, I experienced a true like Christmas New Year's miracle since the last time we recorded. Tell me about this uh, New Year's miracle. So... As you know, I'm a fool, and I left my phone charger in the pod uh, before we left for Christmas break. Yes, of course. Yes. Um, so I was like, well, shit, he leaves for his hollow trip to Mexico very soon. I had a really good hollow trip to Mexico, but good. go on. I want further questions on that later. Um but yeah, so I was like, shit, what do I do without a phone charger? Um, it's going to take like three days for one to arrive over Amazon. <laughs> so as I'm like freaking out, I go to Best Buy to buy one. And it's like $37 for a charger at Best nope. Buy. So I bought one like... Wait, so are you implying that podcasting does not pay us well? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a very viable career. Of course it is. Nonsense. But yeah, so I'm like, well, shit, I got to bite the bullet and buy this like stupid expensive charger. Um, for 37 fucking dollars. Um, so then I go to Trader Joe's afterwards. And when I come back with all my groceries to my car, there is a new car charger hanging from my door handle. I don't know where it came from. I don't know. It, and it fit my phone too. Like I have an uncommon-ish phone, but it fit my phone. And there's just a new charger hanging from my door. And have we confirmed that that was not uh, another saintly act on the part of the tall guy, your very, very tall fiance. Uh, I did briefly think that. I texted him being like, hey, you wouldn't happen to be off work and in a Trader Joe's parking lot right now, would you? And then I got a response three hours later being like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, so no, it was not the tall boy. It was just genuinely a random car charger. So it seems to me like you've been visited by the charger angels i'm okay with that though it it was a new to me charger but it's very much not a new charger like it looked like something bit it interesting <laughs> so probably there was one on the ground by your front door and somebody's like oh this must be hers and just hung it there more than likely yes that is what happened but it was like a good quality one too like it's kind of like the nice fiber cloth wrapped around it and everything that is this is like a hallmark christmas special i know it really is happening in real life like i was visited by a ghost of christmas chargers oh that's that's so heartwarming i know thank you whoever put that charger on my door because then i just got to drive back to best buy and return the charger i just bought 20 minutes earlier that's and nice to save yeah, 30 plus bucks the clerk was like oh why are you returning this already i was like um i've been gifted one like that's how i phrase it and she's like I'm not, I'm not going to push that further. It's the holiday season. I'm not going to push it. 
oh, that clerk was like, yeah, this is a scam. This lady is somehow returning a used-ass charger and a new I did, package. I didn't open it yet, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> made it look that way. Uh, Ross, how was Mexico? How oh, was your hollow trip to Mexico? Hollow trips to Mexico are always nice. Uh, all I did was hang out, read. Uh, we were at an, one of those all-inclusive, so we ate a lot. We drank a lot. We sat on the beach. We sat in our room. We sat in the jacuzzi tub. And I just read a bunch of books. I have decided that in 2020, I am going to read all of the Jack Ryan books by Tom Clancy. Aren't there a lot of those? Well, there's a lot of books, but there's only 10 or 11 official Jack Ryan books. I'm not going to mess with Jack Ryan Jr. unless I just get thirsty towards the end. That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And he's set up quite early, like Jack Ryan just has a son who just happens to be named Jack Ryan. I can't imagine Tom Clancy was like, you know what, I'm going to need to be in 25 years, I'm going to need to be writing Junior because I'm going to have done so many random crazy things to Jack Ryan. It's like just adding Scrappy-Doo. Exactly. Like something that no one wants. I would read the Scrappy-Doo novels. I'm sorry, I would. Would you? Oh, straight up. I mean, Scooby-Doo novels would be all right, but it's like they're kind of formulaic. Scrappy-Doo novels would be freaking bananas. I want them to be like not for children, though. I just want like... Oh, that's... I assume they're not. I want like foul-mouthed, raunchy Scrappy-Doo. I assume Scrappy-Doo has some real kinks when he becomes an adult. I don't want to picture it. Well, I'm I don't want to picture it. It's too it late. Either. I'm picturing it. It's too late. Why is Garfield in the mix now? Oh my god, my head. Well, I'm picturing one other thing. We've got something on radar. Oh my gosh, you're right. Looks like someone else is floating through space in another escape pod. Happy New Year to them. Uh, let's perform the docking maneuver. I will analyze the passenger manifest. Opening the airlock. <laughs> And our guest today is a data scientist from Boston, Massachusetts, and he's also a competitive card gamer. Hello to Michael Lawson. Hello. What is up, my dude? How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New well. Year. How are you and why are you floating through space with us right now? Uh, floating through space right now, honestly, it's a very long story. Uh, I, I happen to be in this area. We've of got space. time. We're in space. Yeah, we got nothing but stories here. I, I, space is busy. You know, I've I've got things. Um, <laughs> I, I, I happen to be in this area of space, uh, just visiting some of the old haunts. You know. Oh sure. I mean, you know, the Gamma Quadrant is full of haunted planets, so yeah. I understand mm-hmm. why you would come. Oh yeah, there, there are many ghosts that I still need to kill. Oh yeah. Oh, so you are ghost hunting in space. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, God, as fantastic. A, I was about to tell them that uh, Swamp Dave and Shirley live over there, but now I'm not giving their address. Oh, yeah, no, maybe maybe not. They're friendly monsters. Uh, what is it, Michael, that gave you such a hatred of ghosts? A ghost once beat me in a card game. Oh, I understand. Well, you I can are forgive a... anything but that. <laughs> you are a competitive card gamer. Uh, you were, am I correct in thinking that you were at one point nationally ranked in Netrunner? There were never official uh, rankings in Netrunner. Um, I placed decently well at a few tournaments. Sure. That's enough for national ranking. You were number one in our hearts and number something or other in the unofficial boards. And I, not not one. Not even close to one. <laughs> I confirm that competitive gaming is a hard scene. I was a ripe nine years old at my first Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, and I only won one game off a of technicality. Because some kid was caught using a counterfeit blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> that's that's the harsh reality. Was that other kid like nine? Yes. That they, kid. They that start kid early. Is now on Wall Street. Yu Gi Oh is a bananas game too. I, I I've I have never played it myself, but I have a few friends who have. The rules just keep getting more and more intense. I only ever liked it for the pretty pictures. If I'm, yeah. I like I liked the show. And I like the pretty pictures on the cards. Like, I didn't know how to strategically fight or anything. One of my favorite things in that game, again, learning secondhand, there is a, there's a creature that if it hits the opponent, the opposing player, they lose the entire match. What? So when it was introduced, since games are three matches long, and normally mm-hmm. best two out of three wins, there started to be a rules debate on if one player loses two games, do you still have to play the third game? in case the other player has that card. Oh, interesting. I don't know what the resolution is. The card is now banned. Ah, fair. Yeah, why would they make that? That seems so scummy. 
I don't know why they would. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't have. Some ridiculous <laughs> stuff gets through the playtesters. As somebody who's played Magic the Gathering, there have been a few cards there, and it's like, there's no way this is going to stay tournament legal. And then <laughs> two days later, it's like, well, that is no longer tournament legal. Instantly banned. Yeah. Also, at a last year's Thanksgiving, I got, I, I want to say I got hustled by like an 11-year-old playing Pokemon. <laughs> Like the trading Pokemon card game. Oh, girl, you got hustled for sure. I got mm-hmm. hustled because like, I just thought it was like a normal kid. Like it was some distant cousin's kid or something. And he's like, do you want to play Pokemon with me? No one will play. I'm like, okay, sure. So I'm I'm like, it's a kid. I'm like playing down. He's like, oh, here's a Pikachu. And then he just pulls out this strategy out of like a pro league strat thing that I didn't know you could do with Pokemon cards. And he's like, okay, I win. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well now you know why no one would play with him yeah precisely i was like oh it's not because they didn't want to pay attention to you it's because they didn't want to literally lose <laughs> well michael tell us a little bit about netrunner because uh that is a game that maybe some of our listeners are not real familiar with oh i would assume most listeners aren't it was never the most popular game it's also designed by the designer of magic the gathering richard garfield I think it is a better game. It just never caught on the same way. It's more complex. It's asymmetric. Uh, One player plays as the corporation. The other player plays as the hacker or the runner trying to hack into that corporation. And the way that you, like the cards you include in your decks, the general game style, the way that you win the game are completely different for the two sides. When When you're the corporation, you have to spend deck slots and just, you know, deck slots are a very valuable resource and you have to include cards that do nothing for you, essentially. They're, you're, they're your agendas. You have to spend time and money installing them, advancing them, and over a very slow period of time where they are, like, they are vulnerable that entire time. If you manage to score them, then they are worth points for you. But if the runner ever just touches that card anywhere it is in your deck in your hand on the board they steal it and it is now their points that's rude yeah however the corporation has benefits if they install a defense it's hidden information it's turned face down so theoretically the runner could think oh i'm i'm gonna go make them spend money activating that defense and it's just gonna keep me out i'm gonna it's gonna bounce me and instead you could resin ice that says you lose your entire hand for the rest of the game. That well, could happen. <laughs> so I am uh, currently imagining, because you, you said it was designed by Richard Garfield, uh, I'm imagining th- that Richard Garfield is Garfield the Cat. I don't know why. Maybe it's because Spock... Uh, has... Garfield the Cat with a PhD. Oh, okay. Yeah. How would the game be different if it had been designed by Garfield the Cat? And where does his lover Scrappy do fit into this? I'll answer the first question first. <laughs> uh, Stalling, I see. <laughs> the, the people aren't ready. Uh, if it were designed by Garfield the cat, my guess is uh, many things would actually be the same. Uh, there are many destructive mechanics which which match um, Garfield's just hunger for destruction and oh, lasagna. He's, he's a straight up dick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, many things would, would be similar. Never be played on Mondays. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are never tournaments on Monday, so I guess that fits. Okay. Um, there are several cat-related cards that are quite strong. That would stay the same, too. Quantum Predictive Model has a really cute cat on the art. It would be Garfield instead. Hmm. Um, Not a cute cat, but go on. Yeah. Um, there's a card called Eater on the runner side. It would probably be more powerful. Oh, no um, doubt. Yeah. And there's a card called Apocalypse on the runner side. It would be exactly as powerful as it is. Yes. That's my guess. Uh, in terms of Scrappy-Doo, no comment. <laughs> the public isn't ready. No. I, I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm part of the public. <laughs> well, I see that Spock has come up through his uh, kitty door from below decks where he hangs out with our engineer, Engineer Rachel, uh, and the two of them are constantly plotting all kinds of pranks on the two of us. Um Uh-oh. Spock seems to be holding a, a deck of cards, and he he's motioning towards you as though he really wants you to play with him. Do I see a, a Garfield expansion pack? It, does, it really does look like that. Huh. And the cards smell suspiciously like tuna. Hmm. Michael, I am going to suggest that you do not play this game. I think it's a trap. Um, But Michael can play our game. Are you ready to hear some rules for our trivia? 
I'll be honest, the tuna cards sound very interesting. <laughs> you all play that instead? All right. No, no, no. Trivia is fine. Trivia is fine. (laughs) I guess it'll do. (laughs) Well, hopefully it'll do because our pod is powered by correct trivia answers. I am so sorry. Not by tuna scented cards. Um, Okay, so here are the rules. We provided you with a pen and paper and we're going to ask you some questions. Um, And now our intelligence scanners will give you points for each answer you get right. Um, But our AI seems to have evolved grown sentient, and has a cheesy sense of humor. Uh, so in addition to correct answers, it now seems it'll be giving points for answers that are so wrong they can make us laugh. Uh, so we'll ask all the questions for a round to give the listeners time to think about their own answers, and then we'll check in with you to see how you did. Sound good? I apologize in advance that I will not be providing power to the station. Hey, again, if you're wrong, okay. be funny. <laughs> Michael, question number one. I want you to name the 2004 film written by Tina Fey that's based on the book Queen Bees and Wannabes. Just the sound of that sounds nice. Queen Bees and Wannabes. I know. It I is. Like that. Yeah. It's got a pleasant <laughs> little bit of a rhyme going on. <laughs> All right. Number two. What TV show featured the following people as judges since its inception? Simon Cowell. Paula Abdul, Cheryl Cole, L.A. Reed, Nicole Scherzinger, and Demi Lovato. Those people have all judged one TV show? Mm-hmm. What an assemblage of talent. Oh, my goodness. Question number three. In the film Dodgeball, what is the name of the small gym owned by Vince Vaughn that goes up against Ben Stiller's Globo Gym? That is an insane question. Our artificial intelligence clearly is scraping the bottom of the barrel to ask a very technical question about dodgeball. I think it just took me forever to realize that Ben Stiller and Steve Carell were not the same person. I don't know why I mixed them up for like a decade, but I did. I know a lot of people who think Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell are the same person. Oh, that's worse. Yeah, well, but I mean, they both were on the Daily Show at the same time, so I guess I sort of get it. Mm. But yeah. <laughs> uh, number four. Which 2001 fantasy adventure novel by Yann Martel about a protagonist Piscine Molitor Patel became a 2012 Ang Lee film? That was a super interesting movie, too. I'm a fan of Ang Lee. I liked his Hulk. I know that is a very unpopular stance, <laughs> but I dug it. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, would watch a million bazillion times. Didn't connect that those are all the same director. Yeah. Um, he's done a couple other... I'm trying to think what his sort of recent work was, because he's done stuff you've definitely heard of. Um, I'm losing it. Number five, what band released the 1990 album Violator, which contained the hit Personal Jesus? And which band was fronted by Ian Curtis before his death? After his death, members went on to found New Order. So you got to name two sort of early, sort of that sort of punk electronic mix can you imagine if everyone just did have their own personal jesus like that lived within those what would jesus do bracelets i kind of feel like everyone does have their own personal jesus Eh, yeah that's a fair point yeah (laughs) i Uh, mean well okay maybe not you know jews and muslims and buddhists but you know the christians i think for every christian jesus is he's doing a different thing every time oh i thought you meant as in like everyone has like their own guardian angel type thing well like yeah everyone has personal someone. jesus delivers you a phone charger when you most need it <laughs> thank you personal jesus <laughs> uh number six this artificial sweetener containing aspartame dextrose and maltodextrin is the main competitor to nutrasweet also, um, I was probably 21 years old before I realized it's pronounced aspartame and not aspartame. I like it better as aspartame. I do too. I but would like, put aspartame in my body. Because I'd only ever read it like on soda cans and my friend called it aspartame like all throughout high school. I didn't know she was saying it's stupid to be funny. I She convinced me that's a how it's pronounced. So then someone heard me say it that way and they're like, I'm sorry, what? 
What are you saying? I say we blame that one friend for any pronunciation problem you ever have on the podcast. Not that you've ever <laughs> pronounced a word wrong on the podcast. Nor, no, nor I have never I. do that. Jackie, if you're listening, I blame every grammatical error on you. Well, speaking of pronunciation errors, I'm about to make one. Number seven, what 2005 film follows Justin Quayle, played by Ray Fiennes, as a British diplomat and horticultural hobbyist in Kenya who tries to solve the murder of his amnesty activist wife, Tessa, played by Rachel Weiss. I might have actually pronounced those names right this time. I'm going to believe you because I have no way to fact check you. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, number, is this number, this is number eight? eight? Yeah, number eight. Uh, name the fourth of the five books in the Jewish Torah. It is not personal Jesus. No, that would be strange if it was. And Michael, number nine is the final question in the round, and it just asks you, what is the common bond linking the answers to numbers one through eight? Oh, boy. Well, I I see what the AI did there. Well, it's time for us to, oh, Michael is lost deep, deep, deep in thought. He's trying to figure this one out. How you doing over there, Michael? There's a few I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see yeah. if maybe you can link them all together by the end. Question number one, name the 2004 film written by Tina Fey that is based on the book Queen Bees and Wannabes. Mean Girls. Correct. That is worth 50 points. Uh, number two, what TV show featured the following people as judges since its inception? Uh, Simon Cowell, Paula Abdul, Cheryl Cole, L.A. Reid, Nicole Scherzinger, and Demi Lovato. I can't figure out what reality or talent show matches the theme so i'm gonna go with what my first guess which was which was american idol Mm, unfortunately it was the x factor oh that i was today years old when i found out that that show existed cool because same (laughs) (laughs) number three I don't know how anybody would know this. So if you miss this one, Michael, there is no shame in the film Dodge. Oh, I'd know this. This is average Joe's. Oh, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Why do you know? Okay, I'm going to read the question again for our <laughs> listeners. Uh, in the film Dodgeball, what's the name of the small gym owned by Vince Vaughn that goes up against Ben Stiller's Globo Gym? Why the hell did you know that that is average Joe's? Uh, there are certain movies that you watch enough times at a formative age that they are just emblazoned into your brain. Okay. I was 13 when Dodgeball came yeah, out. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I've met your mother, and she's a lovely human being, but my estimation of her just dropped a million percent that she let you watch Dodgeball that much <laughs> at age 13. A good mother uh, would have been like, just watch Billy Madison again, hey. why don't you? <laughs> I mean, I like Billy Madison. I love Billy Madison. Stop looking at me, swan. <laughs> Uh, number four, which 2001 fantasy adventure novel by Yann Martel about pro- protagonist, uh, am I saying this right? Pinchy Molitor Patel? Piscine? I don't know. Piscine Molitor Patel became a 2012 Ang Lee film. I'm a little embarrassed at how long it took me to get this. It took me until Ang Lee because I've actually read this book. That's how well I remember it. It's a wonderful it. book. I did not love it. Life of Pi. Life of yes. Pi is correct. I loved the book. The movie? I didn't see the movie. Yeah. Yeah, don't. You know, if, you didn't like, if you didn't like the book, the movie is not going to make it better. Mm. Number five, what band released the 1990 album Violator that contained the hit Personal Jesus? This one I know. This is Depeche Mode. That is correct. correct. And which band was fronted by Ian Curtis before his death? After his death, members went on to found New Order. This one I do not know, but based on the theme, I'm going to go with the maximally British band. <laughs> I'm sorry, the correct answer was Joy Division. Oh, oh yeah, that fits. Uh, number six, uh, this artificial sweetener containing aspartame. Aspartame. Uh, dextrose and maltodextrin is the main competitor to NutraSweet. Uh, um, the first guess I had maybe fits Sweet and Low. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We were looking for Equal. Oh. Which, oh, yeah. Is, is that the blue one? I think it's the sure. blue one. Yeah, I, don't know. Because, I, I, I know them by I know them by sight more than anything else because we I had to use them at IHOP. I think it's the blue one. Okay. Um, but it must be a better competitor because I've never heard of NutraSweet. Well, sure. fair enough. Um, <laughs> Michael, at the end of the episode, if you just uh, insist, I am a Spartame, 
that's that is going to win the day. Okay. Just so okay. you know. Number seven, what 2005 film follows Justin Quayle, played by Ray Fiennes, as a British diplomat and horticultural hobbyist in Kenya who tries to solve the murder of his amnesty activist wife, Tessa, who's played by Rachel Weisz? Um, this one I did not come up with a good guess for, so this let's... This is pretty obscure. Let's but go I, with... You know, uh, I thought Average Joe's was impossible when I let, read the AI spit that one out. Let's go with Radius, because that's a math term. <laughs> The correct answer was The Constant Gardener. Oh, okay. Never in my entire life would have come up with that. Well, it is now a 15-year-old film. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then next one, uh, name the fourth of the five books in the Jewish Torah. Numbers. Correct. Michael, what is the common bond between these correct answers? Math. Yeah, Yeah, they're all math terms. Yeah. So, Julia, uh, what is the AI telling you that Michael's score is after one round? Um, after that mathy round, uh, your total score is 300. Cool. Right on, right on. Doing very well. Let's launch right into round two, which is a board and card games round, Michael. I think the AI analyzed your passenger manifest and wrote this one just for you. But it's going to be a tough one. Question number one. Checkers, chess, and backgammon are the best-selling board games of all time. That's right. Well, good. But give me the names of the number four through six games. These are more of what we think of when we think of board games. So give me the names of board games number four through six on the all-time board game sales list. I feel like board games have just gotten more and more elaborate and fanciful and complicated, which I'm a fan of. They're fun, but... Wow, sometimes it just takes like two hours to set up the game. This is true, but I feel like we're in peak board game right now. I was at a bar the other night playing Sushi Go, and I thought... Sushi Go is fun. This is all right to be playing Sushi Go in a bar, and nobody thinks this is weird? No, absolutely not. Um, There was this place in Greensboro called Geeksboro, and it used to just be like a little coffee shop with like a stack of board games. Um, But then it expanded to a bigger location, so it was called the Battle Pub. And I was so excited to go. But it closed permanently after like three months of being there. So I'm like, shit. Well, there's a board game cafe in Asheville, North Carolina, that is the stuff. Heidi and I got in there one night. We were like, oh, we're going to play for an hour. We got there about 7 o'clock after we had eaten at our favorite restaurant. And about 1.30, they were like, "Um, we have to close now. (laughs) And we were like, oh. What? You guys must close early at midnight. We had no idea. We had lost all that time playing You absolute games. nerds closing down a board game bar. So fun. <laughs> Number two, which Russian peninsula was the easternmost point in Asia on the original board in the board game Risk? Are you a big Risk fan, Michael? I am not. Too much rolling dice. Fair enough. You like the cards, yeah? Yep. Not so much with the. I'd, I'd rather the disguise D6, the D twenty. I'd rather disguise the randomness with shuffling. Hmm. Legit. I was about to say, but then people could accuse you of like counting cards, but then people also accuse of weighted dice. Yeah. So there's yeah. a way to oh, there, for everything. There are weighted dice. Uh, yeah. Actually, in Netrunner, one of the most commonly used types of dice, they're metal. Mm-hmm. One of the sides has a logo, so you roll six really often. That seems like an oversight in the design. Yeah. They, uh, the, the the official word by the designer of these is they were not intended for randomization. <laughs> All righty. Well, I mean, the designer was a cat, and cats are dicks, so. Thanks, Garfield. Um, what would Garfield do? Uh, number three, name the 16 chess pieces each player will have in a standard game of chess. Tell us the names of the pieces and also how many of each. Ross, are you big into chess? You know, I was for a little while in high school, and I got my butt beat a lot. Yeah, like I know how to play, but I have i don't think I've ever won. I have a terrible memory, so when I play anybody who's halfway decent, I, d- I just don't have the whole thing where it's like, yeah, I've, I've memorized the openings and the end games, so I never get off book. Mm. And, you know, I, I am always, quote unquote, off book simply because I'm, I don't know how to be on book <laughs> my dad had me uh try out chess team in like sixth grade and it did not go well he was trying to turn you into a huge nerd 
No, well, he tried making me do like every sport first and all of those failed. He was like, let's see if you're good at this. And I was not. <laughs> I'm good at this, though. Ha. <laughs> Podcasting. Uh, number four in the board game Settlers of Catan. How many sides will each tile on the board have? I still have yet to ever play Catan. Oh, you'd like it. I know. It's everybody fun. says that. I have. I actually have limited patience for board games. I like things you can do in forty-five minutes and be dead. So, like sushi go. Oh, I love some sushi go. <laughs> I like things like sequence. Play mm-hmm. a lot of sequence. Mm-hmm. I like things like uh, oh, the cat game. Has anybody played the cat game yet? I played it with you. Oh, that's right. You did play it with me, Michael. <laughs> have you played the cat game? It's amazing. It's like Pictionary. Only you have these little uh. Sheets where you can put pictures of cats underneath the drawing surface and then draw it's a transparent drawing surface. So you use cats to help you tell the story that you're trying to draw. That sounds amazing. It it literally is just called the cat game. Like it's not his shit memory. It's just the cat game. It's straight up great. That's good branding. Wow. (laughs) They can sell that someday. Oh, they they're selling it. Trust me. Number five in the card game, Magic the Gathering. Look at that. Uh-huh. What are the base types of mana and their corresponding colors? Yeah. I admit this is this is a game I'll play because it goes fast. Uh, do you mean basic lands? I I'm saying base types of mana. Okay. Yeah. Um, magic is always something I wanted to get into, but just never had the time to commit to. It's you know I think it's not even so much a commitment of time. I could teach you in twenty minutes. It's a commitment of dollars because oh my god, mm. I think. Uh, one thing Michael didn't say about Netrunner is that they basically had relatively stable decks. You were not always buying cards. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Magic, every four months, they're like, here's 700 new cards. Oh, you bought it, better buy a million packs to get them all. Jesus. One of the key things about Netrunner, kind of the, the model is anytime that you buy cards, you know what's in the pack. You're never chasing a rare card. Oh, I like that. I like that better. Number six, Michael, tell me which board game I'm describing. Six, it's a four-part, I'm sorry, three-part question. So letter your card, A, B, and C. Three, six, A. Boy, I can't do numbers today. Six, A. (laughs) It contains the Popomatic bubble. Six, B. Challenges in this game include creative cat and wordworm. Okay, Spock must have written that question. (laughs) Because we never have cat questions unless it's him. Mm -mm. And six, C. This game uses trains to connect cities and shares its name with a Beatles song. All right, and number seven. For 50 points each, what were the six weapons in the original Clue? Oh, now that's a devastating question right there. I love this question. I love Clue. I'm sorry, my childhood. Uh. I had, I had a Scooby-Doo clue and like none of the weapons or the rooms or anything were different, but like each of the characters were like the Professor Plum, the Miss Peacock and stuff. Yeah. And I loved it because I love Velma. She's she's my main girl. But I love you know, her. each of the characters in the end was the same person wearing a mask and he would have gotten away with it if it was not for you damn kids. <laughs> no, but I think like the best part is that like, so there are six characters you can play as. And they're only like five main characters. I guess this was like pre-Scrappy era or something. And so the sixth one is just a random maid. Like you can play as any of the five main characters. And then there's Miss White, who's just an angry maid. <laughs> Look, if I had to clean up after Shaggy, I'd be an angry maid too. Yep. You know Shaggy never did his own laundry. Not ever. That's why he's always in that green t-shirt and those brown corduroys. Have you seen the trailer for the new Scooby-Doo movie coming out? No way. I had no idea such a thing was happening. Yeah, it honestly looks kind of good. The animation looks very charming. And there's one joke in the trailer that like made me actually like cackle laugh unexpectedly. Like Ryan came into the room. He was like, are you okay? What just happened? And I was like, I was laughing at a Scooby-Doo trailer. And he's like, Really? <laughs> Um, but yeah, like they're abducted onto a spaceship or something, and Shaggy's like, Oh my god, do you know where we are? Like the chrome coloring, the blue lights and everything. He was like, We're on and then they speak at the same time and Shaggy says, like, a spaceship, and Scooby's like, IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> and Shaggy's like, Did you just say IKEA? And he's like, No, I said spaceship, just like you did. In fairness, our pod allows us a lot an awful lot of storage for a very, very small space. Is it possible we're hurtling through space? 
in one of those like little IKEA showrooms and we just don't know it. Um, then why aren't they paying us to advertise? IKEA, send us some money. We're showcasing your stuff for free through space. <laughs> Michael, let's find out your answers for the board games round number one. Checkers, Chess, and Backgammon are the best-selling board games of all time. I want you to tell me the names of numbers four through six on that list, which are more mm -hmm. of what we think of when we think of board games. So I'm pretty sure uh, Travesty, though it is, Monopoly's on this list. That's number five. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to guess because... It gets bought for a lot of kids. Candyland is on here. Oh, surprising mm. guess, but it's no. Mm. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess Scrabble is also here. Scrabble's yes. number four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the number six answer was actually Clue. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually would have thought it would be Shoots and Ladders, which in the UK is known as Snakes and Ladders. That's much deadlier. Right? And SpongeBob, it's uh, Eels and Escalators. Yes. <laughs> Number two, which Russian peninsula was the easternmost point in Asia on the original board game in the um, on the original board in the board game Risk? Uh, yeah, that's Sarah Palin's house. No, uh, no it's I, I believe it's actually Kamchatka. It is Kamchatka. Although Sarah Palin's house was a correct answer. Yes, we would have accepted that. <laughs> yeah. All right, number three, name the sixteen chess pieces each player will have in a standard game of chess, and tell us the names of the pieces and also how many of each. So each player gets eight pawns, two rooks, two knights, two bishops, one queen, one king. That is all correct. Nice job. In the board game, Settlers of Catan, how many sides will each tile on the board have? They're hexes. Six sides. Correct. Very nice. That's another 50 points. Uh, number five, in the card game Magic the Gathering, what are the base types of mana and their corresponding colors? So there's white that gets, uh, you get that from plains. There's blue, you get that from islands. There's black, you get that from swamps. Red, you get that from mountains. And green, that you get from forests. That is correct. Uh, you want to tell us what kind of land the colorless is? Uh, waste? Yeah, that's also correct, too. Cool. Although the base types, you've, you name the five, so you're in good shape. Number six, tell me which board game I'm describing 6A it contains the Pop-O-Matic Bubble. I think that's Trouble? That is correct. Okay. We also would have taken Vatican City, but that is the Pop-O-Matic <coughs> Bubble. 6B. <laughs> Trademark pending. Yeah, 6B. Uh, this game, challenge, its challenges include Creative Cat and Word Worm. Didn't name any of the ones with clay. It's Cranium. I yeah. did not name any of the ones with clay. 6C, this game uses trains to connect cities and shares its name with a Beatles song. Ticket to Ride. That game is fun. That game is mad fun. That's actually one that Heidi had not played, and then we started playing that night. We were in the board game cafe, and that contributed mm. to us getting to 1.30 in the morning being like, what time is it? <laughs> oh, I, I always go for the high-risk, get the eight of one color strategy. I do, too. I sometimes it. it works. Sometimes I lose by a very large amount. Hey, if you're going to lose, lose Big. Mm -hmm. I like being that person who acts like they have no idea what they're doing to mess with the people who try too hard at that game. <laughs> playing with Ryan's cousin was very fun because she's like, she's good at that game, like really good. It was my first time playing. So I'm like, I'm gonna play a train here and a train here and a train here. And she, you could see her like inwardly convulsed, like, what are you doing? It was fun. <laughs> you know, there's an 11 year old cousin of yours who's like, I'm going to look like I don't know what I'm doing with Yu-Gi-Oh!, I would say he runs in the family, but he's actually Ryan's distant cousin. Oh, he's Ryan's mm. Okay. Number seven. What were the six weapons in the original Clue, Michael? Uh, Okay. Candlestick. Yes. Lead pipe. Yep. Revolver. Yep. Rope. Yep. Wrench. Yep. And the original trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, good guess. But, okay. Uh, the classic knife. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. That I should not have missed that one. You got the other fire. That was so impressive. Well, that's the end of the round. Julia, what is the AI telling you that Michael's score is? Dun, 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 dun. We're getting a big green words of crushed it uh, because Michael has 1450. Hot nice. dog. And as longtime listeners know, we only need 1000 points to be catapulted into a new sector of space. That yes. means the pod will run for another week. And if we hit 2000, we might be able to get to space cookout. We love space cookout. There's none in this quadrant. I Michael, found, I did. Oh, I'm, I am in a part of space that has no cookouts of any variety. Space Come with otherwise. us to our adventure then. 
It's true. We could make a stasis bed for you. Engineer we, Rachel is mm. downstairs, and she's a very good engineer. We just missed the time of their seasonal eggnog shakes, but maybe we can make it in time for the seasonal watermelon one. Oh, I want that watermelon <laughs> shake. Well, it's time for us to take a quick break, and we're going to hear Rising Todd's Trivia Escape Pod one more time. We'll be back in just a second, so stick around. You are now engaged to the Trivia Escape God, I love that. We are back. That was the whole song. (laughs) I love it. Uh, We are back with more Trivia Escape Pod, if you couldn't tell from the song. Um, Guys, if you like our show, please help us out by leaving us a review or telling a friend to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or even just uh, going to TriviaEscapePod.com. Every time you refer a friend, you are really helping us to ensure that we can continue to bring you great content. And your reviews really do matter in terms of helping us get on those charts of completely random places, which delights us to no end. I think we've raised in Sweden. Uh, And we are on the charts in Peru now as well. Oh, a new one. I like it. Very (laughs) exciting. Yes. One day we'll be on the U.S. charts. Maybe one day. (laughs) All right. um, So we are going to start with our movie round. Uh, So, Michael, we're going to give you some clues that will lead you to two movie titles that have been smashed together. And they will always share a word or sound or something similar in the middle that connects them. Um, So an example, Edward Norton is a skinhead fighting crime with other mutants. Answer to that would be, any ideas? Uh, Yeah, that sounds like American History X-Men. Yes, correct. Uh, He's totally got this. Let's jump right in. Number one, Jimmy Stewart stars in this Christmas movie about a young Jewish man mistaken for the Messiah. The AI has too much. Our AI occasionally makes things that I would love to see. Yeah, honestly, yeah. (laughs) Michael, you don't have to cover your mouth if you're laughing. (laughs) (laughs) You looked like you were about to have an aneurysm (laughs) over there. I'm sorry. That would, I would, oh my God, that would be so good. (laughs) (laughs) It really would be. Someone make that movie, please. Please. Number two, Cameron Diaz is stalked by a chimney sweep, and after bodily fluid makes her hair stand up, sugar makes it go down. Okay, that's terrible. A little bit. A little bit. Oh, wow. Uh, Number three, Michael. Christina Applegate stars as a 17-year-old who provides for her siblings after a hideously scarred superhero won't. Dun, dun, dun. That's, I would have to work backwards from that one. Yeah, sorry, could you say it again? Yeah, Christina Applegate stars as a 17-year-old who provides for her siblings after a hideously scarred superhero won't. Number four. In this 1964 movie smash, Hugh Grant stars as the Prime Minister trying to recall a nuclear strike at Christmas. And I'm thinking he's not trying to remember that nuclear strike. I think he's trying to get those nuclear missiles back. Oh, did I say recall as in like memory? Well, it's, it's the same word, isn't do you, it? Do you, um, do you like emphasize recall rather than recall? Oh, I guess you could. I don't Which know. Which gets emphasized? Do you pronounce What's the name name of that bitch who fucked up your pronunciation? Jackie, what have you done to me? Jackie, you're killing us both. I don't even know you, girl. And now (laughs) it's infectious. Number five, Kara Zor-El leaves Krypton for a psychiatric hospital where another patient convinces her to use superpowers to break out of the hospital. And number six, Three friends wake up and can't remember that the night before they were arm wrestling with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, oh man. So, okay. So I do follow the Twitter account Super 70s Sports and they put up a picture of the toy from the Stallone part of this. And oh my God. And it it was a, it was like one of those just bad seventies action figures, maybe eighties action figures Mm -hmm. where you could wind up the back of the Sylvester Stallone 
thing and it would like actually arm wrestle it's like a gi joe that if you wind up its back it'll it has arm wrestling action can you say the first half again sorry uh three friends wake up and can't remember that the night before they were arm wrestling with sylvester stallone among other things apparently Mm -hmm. number seven this 1950 movie Smash received 14 Academy Awards for its depiction of a stalkerish fan who burns down a cabin with a possessed girl inside. Again, I would watch that. I kind of would, too, especially if it was from the 50s. <laughs> um, There's a lot going on in that. I mean, a lot to unpack. So, I mean, big, big movie in terms of the Academy Awards, but also a stalkerish fan. The burning down of a cabin and a possessed girl in the cabin. I mean, that's that's a lot happening. Um, are is our AI on drugs? Maybe. Probably. Uh, number eight. Uh, this porn smash. Oh, it's so- doing porn movies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I should not have interrupted. I try, I try to keep a straight face, but you know what? We're gonna roll with it. Oh lord. <laughs> this porn smash focuses on a team of Texas cheerleaders who establish a means to get AIDS drugs to patients in the LGBT community. Well, I mean, that seems uplifting. It's like a Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a porno Robin Hood. No, actually, I'm sure that exists. That, I, that's that got to exist. exist. Yeah. Number nine. Batman. Wonder Woman. Captain Nemo. Dorian Gray. Dr. Jekyll. And Cyborg fight menaces. I totally read Nemo as in like the fish because my brain was like fishy. That I would pay to watch that movie right there where basically you put Batman, Wonder Woman, and Nemo the fish all in the same movie. Would he be in a bowl of water or would he just be flopping? Oh, I think he'd have to be flopping. Well, actually, you know, now that I say that, like Batman, Wonder Woman, and Nemo, that basically is the movie because, I mean... You know, Aquaman. Okay, it's the, oh, it's the old see. cartoon. It's the old I cartoon. see. What you Jason mean, Momoa, not so much like Nemo, but the cartoon <laughs> Aquaman, totally. Uh, number 10, a small town girl and a city boy meet on the Sunset Strip in this musical starring Doctor Strange and the Hulk. Again, would watch. <laughs> right? Totally would watch. Doctor Strange and the Hulk are my two favorite Avengers. I'll definitely watch that. Fair enough. All right, so... Michael, question number one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart stars in this Christmas movie about a young Jewish man mistaken for the Messiah. That's It's a Wonderful Life of Brian. That is correct. That's worth 50 points. Totally would watch that. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to get on it. I mean, mm-hmm. the way, and it's going to be at Disney. Let's be honest, because Disney is like so into recycling old stuff. This is This is going to be a good one. Uh, number two, Cameron Diaz is stalked by a chimney sweep, and after bodily fluid makes her hair stand up, sugar makes it go down. There's something about Mary Poppins. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it just feels like it <laughs> profanes all the best parts of Mary Poppins in that clue. Oh, God. Number three, Christina Applegate stars as a 17-year-old who provides for her siblings after a hideously scarred superhero won't. So I definitely don't know half of this. Uh, so let's uh, let's 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 mash up a, a music thing. They shall know us by the name of Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. This this one reaches back, I think, into maybe even the late '80s. It's "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Deadpool." Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Would watch as well. <laughs> Would totally watch. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that sounds great. <laughs> In this 1964 movie smash, Hugh Grant stars as the Prime Minister trying to recall a nuclear strike at Christmas. Okay, this... Is this Dr. Lovegood actually? Uh, Dr. So Strange Love. Oh, actually. Dr. Strange Love actually. Right. Oh, duh. 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 Yeah. you don't get the points for that, even though you were in the yeah. right milieu. Yeah, no, I, I did. Yeah, that's... Whoops, my dad's going to be real disappointed with me after that one. <laughs> well, in fairness, Michael, you're appearing on Trivia Escape Pod. Your parents are already disappointed in you. <laughs> it's, I feel certain of that. Um, although, also in fairness, it's not likely that your parents will ever even know. <laughs> it's not like their neighbor's going to be like, well, guess where I heard Michael. 
Number five, Kara Zor-El leaves Krypton for a psychiatric hospital where another patient convinces her to use superpowers to break out of the hospital. He's deep in thought. I know half of it. <laughs> uh, what movies was Supergirl in? Um, well, you pretty much got that one. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just uh oh oh and that guy said the wrong movie okay so it would be a uh, Supergirl interrupted there you go yeah, yeah I, I right. thought it, yeah it was on the one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh thing for a while yeah no Supergirl yeah. interrupted is the correct answer it would almost certainly have both Winona Ryder and Helen Slater good mm-hmm. times uh number six three friends wake up and can't remember that the night before they were arm wrestling with Sylvester Stallone. This hmm. one is torture. I mean, let's be honest. That's this really one hard. Is torture. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know the Sylvester Stallone movie. That's the hangover something. It is the hang over the top. That's a movie? Over the top, yeah. I don't a, know that either. Don't Stallone. feel bad. If you gave me... Like the hangover, the hedge, I might get that. Listen, my friend, just go look up the over the top Sylvester Stallone toy and you will see arm wrestling action. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Number seven, this 1950 smash received 14 Academy Awards for its depiction of a stalkerish fan who burns down a cabin with a possessed girl inside. Uh, I have nothing written down for this, so I'm going to say the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. If that is the plot of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, when it comes out, we will retroactively give you 50 points. The correct answer was all about Evil Dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Our oh, AI my is God. Uh, number eight, while you're recovering oh, from that. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> I'll never recover from that. Uh, this porn smash focuses on a team of Texas cheerleaders who establish a means to get AIDS drugs to the patients of the LGBT community. Now, Michael, you are from Texas, right? I'm from Dallas in particular, it which d- is why it pains me to say I think I know this. Oh, I think you probably do. Go on and say it. Uh, I can't believe these words are about to leave my mouth. The Is this the Debbie Does Dallas Buyers Club? Yes. It is. And... If your parents were disappointed in you before, <laughs> now, now they're disappointed. Number nine. Oh, man. <laughs> Batman, Wonder Woman, Captain Nemo, Dorian Gray, Dr. Jekyll, and Cyborg fight menaces. I believe that's the Justice League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That correct. is correct. 50 points right there. And number 10. A small town girl and a city boy meet on the Sunset Strip. In this musical starring Doctor Strange and the Hulk. Doctor Strange and the Hulk. Ugh. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm not sure where they come in. It's La La Land and something. Is it like Shangri La La Land? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, but it I like that. Not. The correct answer there was Thor Ragnarok of Ages. Yeah, there was zero chance I was getting that. That's fair. <laughs> uh, because Rock of Ages might have been a somewhat interesting Broadway musical, but the Tom Cruise movie was a dog turd. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, Michael, there were 500 points on the board in this round. Let's see how our AI is telling us that you did. After round three, your score is 1,700. All right. So you did quite well in that round. Michael, we've got one more round. Now, remember, 2,000 points will get us to a space cookout. So you are going to need three correct answers in our top 10 round. We have one question. We'll actually take 12 answers to this one. Mm. I'm sorry. Maybe even 13 answers to this one. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. 13 answers. Uh, each one is worth 100 points. You need to get three to get us into a new sector of space. I want you to tell us which 11 U S states have a six flags amusement park or water park. And also two North American cities outside of the U S 
have Six Flags parks. So name those. Which nine U.S. states have a have a Six Flags? I'm sorry. Which eleven U.S. states have a Six Flags amusement park or water park? And which two North American cities outside the U.S. also have parks? I have never been. So to you, a Six you want thirteen Flags. answers then total? I want thirteen okay. total answers. I have never been to a Six Flags. So I am a little obsessed with the Six Flags, and I, I may end up giving Michael some help here. I'm a little obsessed with the Six Flags that was abandoned in 2005. There in 2000, in the year 2000, a park opened called Jazzland in mm-hmm. New Orleans and was bought by Six Flags shortly thereafter. But after Hurricane Katrina, it was abandoned. Mm-hmm. And the city of New Orleans has been trying to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. But it right now, it's basically just an abandoned amusement park where, you know, nature comes and takes those things back. But if you go into this abandoned Six Flags New Orleans, there's like alligators there and it's apparently somewhat dangerous. And I desperately want to figure I, like I mean I don't want to go in a way that's going to get me eaten by an alligator so I'm not going to like break in but they got to do tours of that that would be awesome this looks like a perfect horror movie set like I'm looking at pictures of it right now right it's I mean that's kind of amazing that after all the money they had to have put into doing this it was only open for five years and then they just abandoned it so I mean think about what it think about what it must take to abandon a Six Flags. I mean, what else can you do? Like, I don't think anyone would trust it after a hurricane hits it. Right. Well, and I think all of the stuff was so damaged, just beyond repair, that right. e- even if New Orleans had had a healthy economy in the year after Katrina, uh, if only. Right. It. I think it still just it would never have been able to reopen. But the fact that the city has not most Six Flags, if. If Six Flags is like, oh, we have to close this park, it's not doing very well, they'll demolish it within two years, mm-hmm. you know, because the city doesn't want an abandoned amusement park. That is just too good for teenagers. Mm-hmm. But this one. And they're canoodling. Right. Yes. But this one's been around for a long time now. <laughs> so why now. haven't they dismantled it? I don't know. There's a I, ghost there. Well, the, probably. There's a ghost there. Michael, there's a ghost in the abandoned Six Flags in New Orleans. Will you kill it? I mean, you are killing ghosts in outer space. That is your whole goal here. Will you kill it, Michael? Will you say on this podcast that you are going to travel to New Orleans, Louisiana, on Earth, and kill that ghost? The thing is, no terrestrial ghost has ever beaten me in card games, so I don't have a grudge there. It's only intergalactic ghosts, really? Mm -hmm. Yep. Really, it's like the ghost of the Borg? Basically, yeah. That's a weak excuse for not stepping up. Earth needs you now, Michael. I think it's even creepier that all the photos I'm seeing is like well lit and sunny, which somehow makes it even weirder. Like, as opposed to like most haunted places that have like dark stormy backgrounds and stuff like that. Oh yeah, like that. no, I mean, it's just, it's a huge amusement park. Like the, color, the colors are bright and cheery, but then everything's decrepit at the same time, which yeah. is like somehow an extra creepy factor into it. I think um, abandoned amusement parks are just fascinating, fascinating things. And I have actually been to two. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just seems like the holy grail right now of abandoned amusement parks. But again, uh-huh. I wouldn't I wouldn't go because I am deathly afraid of being eaten by an alligator. I do not want that to happen. I'm from Florida. We're used to them. I know, which is a thing I just never quite get over that you're a Florida person. We just lost every listener we've ever had in Florida. Michael, which Hi guys. <laughs> 11 U.S. states have a Six Flags amusement park or water park, Louisiana, not on the list anymore? Also, which two North American cities outside of the U.S. have parks? Um, Oh, North American cities. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with uh, Texas. Seems pretty safe, given that's that where correct. it's from. That's 100 yeah. points. Florida? No. Nope. What? They actually used to have one, but that too was abandoned. It's, at how wow. it's how I've never been to one. I think that was abandoned after Hurricane Andrew in the 90s. Wow. Yeah. So I have never Why been to one. Why do I Six know Flags? that? I don't know. I do, I, okay. I, this is weird because I didn't realize I knew this much about Six Flags until this conversation. Um, California? That is correct. Yes. Ohio? No. Ohio okay. does not have one. 
Georgia? Georgia does have okay. a Six Flags. I think they have both an amusement park and a water park. So hmm. you've got five answers already out and 300 points as a result. Michael, am I correct in thinking we're already at 2,000 points? Uh, yes, we've Hot definitely dogs. hit that already. All right. Well, maybe he'll get us into even the further, furthest reaches of space. Uh, Tennessee? No, there is no Six Flags in okay. Tennessee. Uh, Minnesota? No, I'm sorry. Mm. New York? Yes. New York does, yeah. Pennsylvania? No. Mm. Oklahoma? Oklahoma does have a Six okay. Flags. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, and I have one more in the U.S.? One more in the U.S. Uh, given that the one in Louisiana closed, I'm not going to go with Louisiana. <laughs> so, uh, hmm. Uh... Probably not Rhode Island. Uh, corporate taxes are very low in Delaware. Let's go with Delaware. Yeah, there's no people in Delaware to go to an amusement park. <laughs> there are people near Delaware. Uh, there are people yeah. near Delaware. And <laughs> people come from Virginia to go to the Delaware Six Flags. And what's going to kill you is there is a Six Flags in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the 11 states, and then we'll check in with you about the North American cities. Arizona, California, Georgia, Illinois, Maryland. Where are you living, Michael? Oh, Illinois. Good point. Yeah. Where are you living these days? Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I can go to Six Flags you in Massachusetts. I am the exact same amount of excited I was before. Missouri. <laughs> Missouri, New Jersey, New York, and Texas. Now tell us. Oh, and Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead and tell us those two cities outside of the U.S. Well, when I thought it was outside of the U.S., but not necessarily North America, I would have said Sarah Palin's house. That would have been correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I guess I have to go she, with... Actually, it's only just two flags. It's uh, it's mm. it's the Alaskan flag and the Russian flag. Because mm -hmm. there's no way that she wasn't a Russian plant in 2008. I mean, come on. Yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, Toronto? Ooh, I'm sorry. Toronto is not a correct answer. Mexico City? Mexico yeah. City okay. is correct. Montreal has oh, the other Montreal. six flags. Okay. But you did great in that round. Julia, what is the final score? Da, 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 2400 nice. you did great hot dog as always all of our questions were provided by our ai supercomputer so if you think it made a mistake i want you to shoot us an email at trivia pod at gmail.com or give us a shout on twitter trivia escape pod that's at trivia escape pod you can also follow us on instagram at trivia escape pod and see pictures of the people who are winning our live shows so send us new music send us your questions send us your gripes or send us one question that's a round we do every week where you can ask a non-trivia question of our guests and we give them one per week julio what do we want to ask michael uh, Connie Voicing at CL Voicing on Twitter asks, would you rather have invisible power or flight power and why? Hmm. Invisible versus flight. The problem with invisible power for me is uh, I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't turn like things on your body invisible. So I'm not sure how practical it is. Like, Mm. Which part of your body specifically are you trying to turn invisible? The whole thing. Like, that would be the, the whole point of having invisible powers. I think he's saying that he invisible. would turn invisible, but his clothes wouldn't. Yes. Oh, yeah. I just thought you were like, yep, certain parts of my body are not. Oh, no, 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 And I was no. like, oh, Mr. Bragging. <laughs> <laughs> I got you now. No, uh, so, so you can't carry anything with you. Unless it's For this, among but... other reasons, I would say flight. Okay, but what if you have Sue Storm abilities and you can make yourself and your clothes and maybe even other things invisible as needed? I was going to say Violet Parr, but yes, same logic. Mm. That's more tempting, but honestly, it, you know, flight is literally a dream I've had since a very young age, so it seems cool. I just need to make sure I can get registered as a commercial aircraft so I don't get shot down by the FCC. That's the right way yeah. to do it. We got to tape a transponder to your butt. What mm -hmm. about invisible and flight so you don't have to worry about laws? Well, you well, might not be that's invisible That's too much radar, power though. for any human to have. <laughs> that's just far too much power to give me. Julia, as always, we asked the one question of you, too. Invisible or flight? What do you think? Between these two, see, normally when I pick a superpower, it'd always be mind reading. But between these two, I would go flight. And why? Um, it just seems more beneficial, both in enjoyment and in use. 
um, like saves down on gas, but also I want to be selfish and look cool. Let's throw a kink into this. What if it's very slow flight? It's still worth it. Just plan for how much time it'll take. What if it's also very slow invisibility? <laughs> All right, Ross. What about you? I, You know what? I know you both said flight, uh, but I am going to choose invisible. And here's why. I am stupid. <laughs> and I would be into flight. I would. I would love flight. I think that would be awesome, especially if it's not extremely slow. Uh, but I would also be dumb enough to like get up high enough to where I didn't have oxygen or I just froze and then, uh, so I would hurt myself so with flight. You would just be Icarus. I pretty much, pretty, <laughs> I would want flight, but literally I literally flew too close to, but the I would choose invisibility even though I'm like, what the, what would I even do with this? And I got, I really have no good thing that I would want to do with invisibility. Like I would prank the hell out of my wife. And I would probably prank Spock whenever possible, although he would probably smell me because he has a good sense of smell. If I was smell invisible, I would definitely take it because I could prank Spock. I could probably get back at Engineer Rachel, although I don't think she comes above deck unless we're in our stasis beds. She'd probably hear the door open. Like, you can't phase through the door. Yeah, she's really hard to prank, although she has managed to prank us just about every week since we started the podcast. But I think I'm still going to have to go invisibility. Yeah. Simply because I would screw up flight, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Well, Michael, uh, we know you want to get back into your pod, but tell us a little bit about what you're excited about these days and you want our listeners to know about. Uh, Yeah, I guess... Uh... Uh, on the theme of what we talked about earlier, uh, Netrunner is a game that has been canceled but is still up and ticking. There's a fan-run organization that keeps it going. Uh, they're releasing new cards. They're still running tournaments. Uh, they're called Nisei. You can go to Nisei, dot net and uh, learn more about the game there. Um, yeah. Right on. Well, if you want to catch me or Julia or both of us, we are at Linda's Bar and Grill on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill every Tuesday at 8 o'clock for some live trivia. And we are always posting pictures of our winners who get pretty good prizes. Yeah. Uh, you can see them on our Instagram at Trivia Escape Pod. And uh, you can catch me on Instagram at uh, Tall Sunflower Tarot. And guys, if you've been trying to book a reading with me, my Instagram direct messages have been down and I'm so sorry, but I have alternative ways that you can get in contact with me. You can email me at tall, uh, not tall, uh, it's sunflowertarotreading at gmail.com, sunflowertarotreading at gmail.com, or uh, I now have a business number. It's 919 Six zero eight four. So you can text or call that business line whenever you may want. If you are a lover of literature and you are in the Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill area, come on out to the OK All Right Theater on Gear Street, right behind uh, Motorco, on Saturday, January eleventh at seven p.m. We've got Bull City Press presents featuring poets Jessica Q. Stark, Mackenzie Pless friend of the show and Julia Kolchinsky Dasbach. I think we're going to try to lure Julia onto the pod as well. Uh, that is a free reading January 11th, 7 PM. So come on out. All right, Michael, you have been a freaking blast and we have loved having you here. Thank you for having me in the pod. Anytime you are always welcome. So the next time we can lure you this far South, out of the snowy Boston winter, we would love to do that. Let's uh, let's get you through your airlock and back onto your ship. Bye. Oh man, I'm gonna miss him. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was he, a good one. He got us really far into space. But you know what? I, it is time for us to get back into our short-sheeted stasis beds. Rachel, I slept so poorly last Rachel, week. Rachel, fix as a our beds. Rachel, you are mean to us mean to us but i'm gonna i'm gonna uh wedge myself in here and now i'm hey, hey fetal position is really comfortable i sleep in a ball pretty much anyways which is why i was confused of like what do you mean i slept fine check us back next week more trivia escape pod bye-bye bye you are now engaged to the trivia escape pod